evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Truckers Podcast. Current events, local world news, and trending. I am your host, Doug, from London, Ontario, Canada. Ontario needs to focus on vaccines to the hot spots and also some changes coming up on our strength driving, laws, speeding, whatever you want to call it out there, the recklessness that's going on our area roads and highways, well, the penalties are just about to get stiffer for you. Welcome to the show. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining me this evening, Monday at 9 p.m. Now, I've talked about this before on my show um, a couple of times now. I guess this will be probably like the third time. And the reason being because the penalties for stunt driving, speeding, racing, whatever you want to call it, that so many people out there are just taking liberties on our area roads and highways. Well, the penalties are about to get a lot tougher, a lot stiffer for you. So you may want to think about your actions on our area roads and highways here in Ontario, Canada. Now, just to go over some things here about what those penalties are, as they stand right now. The penalties for, they call it stunt driving, but we'll call it speeding because that's exactly what you're doing, racing. It's an automatic six demerit points. Fines are between 2,000 and 10,000. Possible jail time up to six months seven-day impoundment of the vehicle, immediate seven-day driver's license suspension, and a possible further two-year suspension upon uh, conviction, and a 100% increase in your auto insurance rates. That's what's going on right now. This is what the penalties are. And for some reason, you know, for some reason, some people out there are just not getting it. And it's not just men drivers out there doing this ladies and gentlemen it's women as well now the stunt can be defined as exceeding the speed limit more than 50 kilometers an hour or 30 miles per hour at a rate that is marked departure from normal motor vehicle travel Stunt driving is not a criminal offense. It's a Highway Traffic Act offense of the province of Ontario. And the types of the stunt driving is that a stunt driving ticket can be given to any driver caught exceeding the speed limit by more than that of 50 kilometers an hour or 30 miles an hour. That's what 50 kilometers an hour is. The offense is a traffic ticket issued under the Highway Traffic Act, which is a provincial law. 
the police can charge the driver for stunt driving under numerous conditions, specifically for, again, driving in excess of 50 kilometers an hour or 30 miles per hour, traveling at a rate of speed that is marked departure of the speed limit. So that means you've exceeded before that and you're speeding before that speed limit goes up to what the speed limit is. Two or more vehicles traveling at a high rate of speed. That is marked departure of the speed limit. Another vehicle out distancing one or more vehicles while traveling at a rate of speed. That is marked departure of the speed limit. None of this is going to change in the new rules that are coming up, ladies and gentlemen, because I was reading this article earlier and man, I was just ecstatic over it that finally, you know, they're going to up the ante here on you reckless drivers out here in Ontario, Canada. Right? So being charged with this offense, it's a serious situations and you'll, you'll need to consider getting legal advice. Yeah, you'd be needing a lawyer anyways, if you're going to be doing this on our area roads and highways and get caught for doing it. And believe it, they're caught so many of them that, you know what, they're just basically fed up. So they're going to up the ante on you. Right? So you're going to lose your license for two years. You can be sentenced uh, to a period of time in jail. And you can receive up to $10,000 in fines. Now, some jurisdictions, especially the Durham Region Courts, have sent drivers to jail for high-speed stunt driving charges and fines over 5000 are not uncommon. Must have been their second or third offense, you know, because they're saying bye-bye. So, now, ladies and gentlemen, you know, I drive for a living. I've been driving for a living for a very, very long time. And I see all kinds of drivers out there, all kinds of them. From the people, you know, the women putting on the lipstick and got to fix their hair or people texting and driving. People not even looking when they change lanes, they just change lanes because the lane is there, not worried about who's beside them. There's all kinds of sorts of stuff out there that are just, you know, it's just absolutely, you know, ridiculous. You know, now, Ontario, Canada is about to unleash on you, you drivers out there that thinking that the rules of the road don't apply to you when in fact that they do, somehow you think that it's a right to drive a car, when in fact it's not a right to drive a car, it's a privilege. That's why they can implement these rules of the road and implement these laws, and this is why they can take your driver's license away from you, because it's a privilege. Now, the Ontario is introducing harsher, harsher penalties for speeding 
stunt driving. It's crazy. I was reading this article earlier. It's just absolutely, I thought, yeah, this is great. So we're planning to increase the penalties for speeding, stunt driving, and other traffic violations. The government introduced legislation this afternoon that would, among other things, increase vehicle impoundment times and lengthen license suspension. <sighs> yeah, this is going to be like really cool. So the new bill will see roadside vehicles impoundment increase from seven days to 14 days. They don't care if you're still making payments on your car. That's your problem. Your car will go into impoundment for 14 days, up from seven days. Driver's license suspension extended from seven days to 30 days. If that doesn't sound a clear message, I don't know what does. Your driver's license suspension extended from seven days to 30 days. This bill also introduces escalating post-conviction license suspensions up to a lifetime ban for, for, for a fourth infraction. I think it should be the third infraction. Three strikes and you're out because somehow you just can't seem to learn your lesson. It would also lower the threshold for laying street racing charges for those traveling 40 kilometers an hour or more above the posted speed limit on roads where their speed limit is less than 80 kilometers an hour. Now we've seen this happen in the city. People going 50 kilometers an hour over the 50 kilometers an hour on city streets. Doing 60 miles an hour in a 30 zone, in a 30 mile an hour zone. So now it's gonna be 40, anything above the road speeds where the limit is less than 80 kilometers an hour. So that's good, that's good. So if you're gonna be doing you know, 70 miles an hour. Let's see how that works out. So 40 is about 25. So 80 is 50. So that's 75. So if you're going to be doing 75 miles an hour in a 50 zone, see ya. Car will be gone for two weeks. Your driver's license will be spent for 30 days. I think they need to up the ante on the, on the impoundment charges too. I think it's like $200 a day as it is. So it's $1,400 for, for seven. Uh, maybe they'll keep it at that. So it's going to cost you $2,800 to get your car out of the impound. And your license is gone for 30 days. Now, you know, the government says that the, you know, stunt driving, speeding, driving offenses have been on the rise since 2015 with a large spike seen last year well yeah last year when the roads were pretty empty out there people just thought it was just a great time just to go out there and go flying down the highway so fast you can get your car going 
Yeah, it's been it's been on a on a rise since that time and more so of last year. Absolutely it has. You know, this is why, you know, they're just sick and tired of people just blowing the speed limits and not caring about anybody else on our area roads and highways. And now the penalties are gonna be a lot stiffer for you idiots out there thinking that you can take liberties on our area roads and highways. I remember reading an article where a driver got pulled over on the 401 and he told the officer that there's no speed limit on the 401 highway. It's posted everywhere on the highway. 100 kilometers an hour is 60 miles per hour. It's clearly marked, it's clearly posted. Somehow in his little pea brain, he says there's no speed limit on the 401 series highways here in Ontario. Well, he got a rude awakening because he lost his car, you know, for seven days and lost his license for seven days. And now ladies and gentlemen, you will lose your car for two weeks and you will lose your license for 30 days. Hopefully that rule comes in real soon. The, the new rules coming in real soon. I'm, I'm ecstatic about that. I'm really excited about that. That they're really going to crack down on these drivers this time. Tell me you, you could, you know, you heard it here first on the Truckers Podcast. That if you get cut speeding now, your ass is grass. Now, you know, Ontario is going to refocus, you know, the vaccines on our hotspots. Our hotspots really here in Ontario, ladies and gentlemen, has always been the Peel region, the greater Toronto area, North York, North York, you know, all around Toronto. As you may or may not know that that area has been in lockdown since November, 2020. And nothing changes, in, increase in the, in the number of cases of COVID, COVID-19, carrying the brunt of, of the cases of COVID-19. So the focus on the vaccines on essential workers and hotspots, the science table says. You know, maybe finally now Doug Ford is going to just start listening. Doing just shutdowns and lockdowns and closing shit down and not focusing on the, on, on the source of the problem isn't fixing a damn thing. Because we see the numbers come down. They don't go away. They don't go away. Toronto and the whole Peel region, I don't think they ever even dropped under 1,500 cases this whole time. So the cases just don't magically disappear, ladies and gentlemen. And then we start to open up again. So the government comes up with this plan 
oh, we're going to use color codes and this is what the color codes are going to mean. And then when people have better numbers, you know, we can open up this region in the red and we can open up this region in the yellow and this one in the green, you know, Toronto's numbers, the greater Toronto area's numbers has never gotten better. It's only gotten worse. So they've stayed in this lockdown, this gray lockdown, the color gray lockdown since November, 2020, where other areas had less restrictions going on because they had less numbers. And what do you think happens, ladies and gentlemen? People move, people move about. They go to the less restrictive areas. People get upset because they're going to less restrictive areas and they're supposed to stay put in their lockdown. They're not supposed to go anywhere. Well, that's a fail. And so now they're going to start focusing on this. And then, you know, I still haven't really heard much more talk about this, this fantastic sick pay benefits that the provincial government's going to come up with. I know they just mentioned this, this on Thursday or Friday or whatever day it was, you know, saying that, oh, this is going to be the best sick pay benefit in all of North America like you've never seen before in your entire lives. So what else are they doing in the greater Toronto area and Brampton and all like that? Any businesses right now that have five or more cases will end up in a partial shutdown or a total shutdown of that business. But they don't have the sick benefits in place yet. So I hope that these companies are going to take the initiative and pay their, pay their employees to stay home because they can't go to work. You know, if it's there, you know, if it's a partial shutdown, it means a certain area of that business has been infected, but not the other areas safe to, to work. But we've seen this before where an employee had to go into work. He was afraid to go into work. And they said, you got to come into work. You're not going to get paid. The outbreak wasn't on your shift. And they had an outbreak on his shift. He got COVID. His daughter got COVID. His wife got COVID and his wife died. So why are we doing a partial shutdown of a, of a, of a workplace when it should be an entire shutdown? But, you know, they don't have, so far, they don't have a sick pay program here in Ontario. The government says they're working on one. So I'm hoping that these employers will pay their employees, the ones that have to now self-isolate self for 14 days. You know, it's almost like putting the, the, uh, the cart before the horse. You know, unless these employers are going to pay their employees. We'll see what happens with that. So now the government is listening to the science table that we need to get these people 
vaccinated. These essential workers and their families and other residents living in the COVID-19 hotspots, they need to get vaccinated. The science table said that the, the, the science table said that the uh, prioritizing higher risk neighborhoods and essential workers will be substantially reduce the overall incidence of SARS-CoV-2 infections, as well as lower hospitalizations and IUC emissions and deaths. Well, that's what we're hoping for, right? Punisher, thank you for joining me this evening. Haven't seen you out here in a while. I hope you're well. I hope everything's great with you. Now, uh, before you came on here, I'll just give you a little recap. Um, you probably heard me talk about this before, about uh, um, stunt driving, um, racing, whatever people are doing on our area roads and highways. And the penalties for that here in Ontario, Canada, the government here in the province is putting together a, um, a new law. And um, I'll just give you, uh, where is it here? Uh, 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 where did it go? Oh, here we go. They're going to be implementing harsher penalties for speeding on our area roads and highways because it's just been so much of it. And as it stands right now, if you are caught doing an excessive 30 miles an hour over the posted speed limit, you lose your license for seven days and you lose your car for seven days. Now, what they want to introduce and is probably going to be introduced is that the new law will see roadside vehicles impoundment increase from seven days to 14 days. And the roadside driver's license suspension extended from seven days to 30 days. I think that's awesome. I think that's awesome because it's just been too much of it going on because you know, it's not the roads aren't really all that busy out there right now and people just out there taking liberties on our area roads and highways as if though the rules of the road don't apply to them. Seven day suspension of your license and, and seven day impoundment of your car doesn't seem to be sending a clear message. But a 30 day driver's license in a 14 day car impoundment hopefully will send that clear message. Now, with all the things that have been going on here in Ontario, um, COVID-19 raging and raging on in the province of Ontario that I live in uh, for the past, you know, little while, three weeks, pretty almost a month now that we've been seeing cases over 5,000 every single day. Government coming out and putting putting us back into um, stay at home orders, um, lockdowns, 
you know, all kinds of things. Um, per, per, a little, you know, pretty much like they did the very first time when all this happened last year. So we never really got ahead of it. You know, whereas we thought things were looking good at one point in time and then things start taking a turn for the worst. And then um, the government shutting down all golf courses, all, all outdoor um, activities. Basically, they shut down the playgrounds and people just were just ticked off. We're just really ticked off. Right. So the very next day, this was last week. So the very next day, the government, you know, says, okay, we can open up the playgrounds for the kids. Um, but no more golf for a while, no more uh, group exercising outside. And it's not what the science table said. It's not what the top doctors told them to do. Right. From, from, from 2020, the golf season, um, into the start of the golf season this year has seen over 20 million golfers out there all across Ontario. Not one single case of COVID came from golf, from playing golf. Not one single case came from outdoor exercise in groups. And yet that's not allowed. You know, Ontario is the only place in North America you can't play a round of golf. The only place in North America that you cannot play a, a round of golf is here in Ontario, Canada. One of the safest activities for our mental health that you can do. ridiculous there are people in the industry is advocating with the government they're getting uh, the doctors on their side to hopefully you know for our mental benefit and a safe activity such as golf to allow it same with, you know, with the fitness centers, the gyms, to have a well-organized program and safety put into place that they can have their outdoor exercise classes, which they had, which they don't no longer have because the doctor or not the doctors, but the government just thinks that's not a good idea. But you can go for a walk, you can go for a run, you can ride your bike. Kids can go play in the park. But no adult playgrounds for adults. And for the businesses that have been doing really well and putting in all these safety measures and that it was working, only to be taken away. Now, the government here in Ontario, um, with this other part of this, um, you know, this article here, um, they're going to refocus on vaccinating 
the hot spots here in Ontario. Now the hot spot has always been the greater Toronto area. Always has been from the get go of this pandemic. It was never really addressed at all. We've been through three lockdowns, ladies and gentlemen, three. This is the third one. And yet here we are with the state of emergency enacted, stay at home orders, only essential services can be operating. This is the third one. And the science table and the top doctors is always saying we need to focus on the hotspots. So, of course, yes, vaccines are rolling out, but we've had our hiccups with the vaccines rolling out here across Ontario and Canada. Now, the government, you know, even when the government came out, the premier came out on Friday and he apologized to all Ontarians that he was wrong and he messed up. So we're all hoping that after he was done crying and crying and peeing his pants, that he would say, oh, you know, I made a mistake by shutting down the golf courses. We know and understand that it's a really safe activity to do. You know, you can go back golfing. No, that never happened. He opened up the playgrounds for the kids. And he said it was a really big mistake to give the police more special powers that can stop anybody on the street and stop any vehicle and ask you why you left your house. All police forces all across Ontario said they weren't gonna do that. They had one focus and one focus on mind is breaking up these large parties in the large gatherings was their agenda. Not just stopping anybody walking down the street and ask you why you left your home and where you're going or any car of why you, why you left your home and where you're going. The police doesn't have time for that shit. They got bigger fish to fry out there than to worry about you driving down the street in your car or walking down the street on the sidewalk. But he changed nothing else. The doctors that sit on the science table were just, just couldn't believe it. That, you know, safe outdoor activities that we have been doing that is not making uh, a contribution to COVID-19. In fact, that it is really safe to be doing and only to be taken away. Some of them were going to quit. And still yet today, our premier has not changed his mind. I'm always for the people, he says, I'm for the people. It's important for our health and our welfare to be able to do safe activities. Unbelievable. Just absolutely unbelievable. 
the problems here is uh, workplace outbreaks, large gatherings, parties, you know, people doing the things that you're not supposed to be doing. Now, when it comes to the workplace outbreaks, we know that the virus just doesn't mag doesn't magically appear in the workplace. It has to get into the workplace somehow. So it has to come from outside the workplace. Now, it could be, you know, unlucky for someone who got COVID or it was because of your behavior or why you got COVID. And the other problem is, is that minimum wage workers can't afford to stay home sick because they don't have sick pay. So they go into work not feeling well and lo and behold, we have an outbreak in the workplaces. And then in our, then in our homes and other family members get it. And so on and so on. Our ICUs, the intensive care units are at their breaking point. The government here in Ontario has asked the federal government for assistance from our military and the highly trained staff in medical from our military to help. Nurses and doctors from uh, Newfoundland on the, on the Eastern seaboard of Canada they're sending specialized doctors and nurses from that region to here into Ontario. And now to get the vaccinations into the arms of all our essential workers and all the hot spots and their families. You know, this is what our that our science table are talking doctors have been calling for yes you know what we had what we had to do you know when the vaccines first start to roll out was to get the art the shots into the arms of our most vulnerable people and that was the elderly people in the retirement homes in the in the nursing homes and the staff in those places get them all vaccinated you know because they were a really hard hit the most vulnerable and then they were going now into the general public. They're going down by age. You know, 80, 80 and over that was able to, are still living in their homes, you know, to get vaccinated and so on and so forth. So working backwards. Yet the fire is still burning in all the hot spots in the greater Toronto area. The most populated part of Ontario is the greater part, you know, is the, is the GTA with something close to about seven and a half million people live in the greater Toronto area. And the population of Ontario is 15 million. It's no wonder, you know, they had this, this fire 
raging of COVID-19 in this region never really been, it's never been really uh, uh, addressed. You know, they think by just by keeping it in lockdown that it's gonna con control the virus when in fact it's not. In our premier, you know, when other governments, you know, in this province are calling on the premier to introduce sick pay, he's backing down from it. No, 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 no. I don't want to overstep the federal government. They have, they have uh, monies for people, you know, but it takes a little bit of time to get it. In the meantime, you know, these minimum wage workers are living paycheck to paycheck and they're going into work sick because they can't afford to stay home. The government wasn't listening to that. Then after his big, his big do in front of national TV, crying and peeing his pants and apologizing to everybody in Ontario. Oh, now he says, now he says, we are going to have the greatest sick pay for the residents of Ontario. like never seen before in North America. It's going to be the greatest. And we're working on it as I speak. Nothing's happened yet. Yet, with, with hot spots like the greater Toronto area, the government now is, you know, if, they, if, if a workplace has five or more cases of COVID, it's either going to be a partial shutdown of that business or it's going to be a whole shutdown of that business and while we're waiting for the government here in ontario to implement the sick pay i'm hoping that these companies that they're working for will help these employees because in the next 10 days i don't see this sick pay coming So they're going to be focusing on these vaccines and these hotspots. Now, finally, the Ontario government is listening. We need to get these needles into the arms of these hotspots because you cannot throw water on a gasoline fire. Because if you do that, the fire just spreads. And that's all it seemed that the government was doing for these hotspots was just throwing water on it, hoping that it would just douse it. And it's just fueled it. If we see 5,000 cases a day here in Ontario. Almost over 3,000 of those cases are coming from the greater Toronto area. And the rest in, in the rest of the province. So you can't throw water on a gasoline fire. And this is basically this outbreak is like it's like a gasoline fire and the government's trying to douse it with water
Now, Doug Ford, our premier, he under he understands and he and he knows now that you know it's time for him to perk up his ears, wipe away the tears, and get to work. Now, I think this is this is fantastic. You know, because they're gonna they're gonna redirect, you know, um, the vaccines that are coming in this week. Um, that you know, if we get, I think it is something like three million uh, doses of the Pfizer or whatever like that. You know, half of that's going to go to the Greater Toronto area, and then we have the Moderna coming in, and we also have Johnson and Johnson. And they're going to be, you know, directing percentages of those to the greater Toronto area, you know, to douse that fire. To get those hot spots under control. Before we see any changes in these, in these, in this third lockdown, stay at home orders and the state of emergency and acted, those numbers are gonna have to drop dramatically. And we're only four weeks away from the first long weekend of what we call here in Canada, summer. And if we wanna be able to go safely to our cottages, or do what you're gonna do, campgrounds. If we don't see a drastic change in these numbers in the next four weeks, you're not doing it. You're not going to the campgrounds. You're not going to your cottage. These small communities cannot handle thousands of people when the pandemic is raging here in Ontario, and if we don't get it under, under control, they don't have the capacity to handle an influx like that. These small communities, our beachside communities don't have the capacity to take care if something happens. So that's why I say too, ladies and gentlemen, on, on my shows, I say, you know what, we got, you know, we got to do this right. And we're all in this together. You know, the government isn't punishing us, you know, by having these stay at home orders and lockdowns. I mean, it may feel like we're being punished. You know, our mental health, our physical health, our finances, it feels like we're being crushed. The government is trying to save lives. And we as the people have a responsibility too. That we need to follow these rules. It's disappointing when I open up the news and I see, oh, today, you know, they broke up five parties on the weekend. 
You know, there was a big, large gathering. They had to break that up. You know, when we know we're not supposed to be doing this. The thing is, ladies and gentlemen, is that you may not know you have COVID right away. Two to five days. You're infected and you're spreading it. And then you start showing the symptoms. This is why it's so important that we don't gather in large groups without social distancing and mask wearing. It's why we don't hold parties. Because you don't know who's walking through that door. And COVID walking right in behind everybody. This is how this virus spreads, ladies and gentlemen. It's our behavior. It's the behavior that drives the pandemic, that drives this virus. As long as that virus has a host to hook onto, it's going to hook onto three more. And it's going to quadruple from there. And it's going to spread like a wildfire. Take a look at India. Take a, take a look at it. Over 365,000 cases again today. It started with one human being on this planet. And it has spread to over 30 million people. Now today, here in Ontario, it is the known youngest person to die of COVID-19 here in Ontario. She was only 13 years old. Only 13 years old. She's the, now the youngest that we know of has died from COVID-19. And it really irks me, ladies and gentlemen. It really just pisses me off when people just can't behave themselves out there. We got to do better. We do. We really need to do better. We need to do better. You know, because, you know, we can't police our way out of this. Vaccinate our way out of this. We can do that. And we can do it by following the rules too. Yeah, it's really tough, you know, when the government turns around and said, no, you can't do these, you know, these safe out outdoor activities like golf and play tennis 
We can't gather in other people's households unless there's a, man, a family member who lives by themselves that can, can gather with one family household. And that's changing all over Canada. Every province now is, is, is starting to, you know, saying no, you know, from going from 10 people down to five to five people gathering, can't gather with anybody, anybody from outside of your household. Because they're looking in an Ontario here, just they know what's happening here. You know, other, other parts, other parts of Canada, I mean, you can sit on a patio and enjoy your favorite beverage here in Ontario. It's prohibited indoor dining's prohibited other parts of the country where the cases aren't so bad, you know, they still have their indoor dining, they have their patios, but now they're starting to change the rules in those places. And they're focusing on their workplaces and they're, and they're focusing on people, you know, who are, you know, minimum wage earners, you know, to start, you know, getting these people vaccinated, like the essential workers. They don't want their province to explode like Ontario has. I mean, it sounds bad, you know, when they say, you know, 5,000 cases a day, you know, when we see what's happened in other parts of the world that are far worse off than Canada, we don't want to get that. We don't want to get to that extreme. So 5,000 cases a day is bad. It almost seems that we just wait for it to get bad to jump on the bandwagon and start doing something about it. When everything else has failed, thank God for the vaccines. It's going to help. But waiting for the last minute to do something is too late or could it be too late because we need to turn this around now to have other doctors come from other regions and other specialized nursing nurses that are specialized to work in the intensive care units coming from other regions here in Canada to help here in Ontario, specialized um, units, doctors and nurses in our military are now coming here to Ontario to all these hot spots to try to get this under control and to help with their with their their special training and everything in the medical field. To try to get things under control. 
hopefully our government here in Ontario keeps listening to our our top doctors and our top scientists and uh, start doing things that they should have been doing. And it's not that they just all of a sudden got off their ass and started doing it. You know, doctors and, and the scientists and, you know, the top doctor of Canada was even saying that Ontario needs a sick benefit from the government. See, the, the previous government implemented sick pay for those who wouldn't otherwise have it from their employees, from their employer, if they were sick and they had to stay home. And when this government got elected, right on the chopping blocks was to chop the sick benefit that the previous government put in. That's what Doug Ford did. And ever since he's been reluctant to put it in. And now he says he's going to do it. Oh, after I saw the budget from the federal government, you know, further on down the road here, you know, the government is going to be scaling back, you know, some of the benefits that they've put forward through this entire pandemic to help people. Oh, now I'm going to do that for the people of Ontario. Well, I guess we're just going to have to see what happens because nothing has come about it already. Apparently they're working on it. At least they better be. Said they were. You know, this is the second time, you know, Amazon has been closed down or partially shut down during this pandemic. The first time was in Brampton, the facility in Brampton, over 600 cases of COVID-19 in that warehouse of Amazon. Now, here we are again. Amazon in the Brampton area is being partially shut down. And also another facility of theirs in Bolton, Ontario, which is north of Toronto, is also going to be shut down. And there's been eight other businesses over the weekend that has been partially shut down or shut down, which the government says that they're going to be start doing if there is five or more cases of an outbreak in a place of work. So these people do not have to go to go to work and, and feel that they, you know, they're not, they're going to lose their job if they don't go to work. It's not going to happen. 
So hopefully that initiative starts to work. And then of course, like I said, getting these essential workers and their, and their families vaccinated. You know, get that first initial shot into the arm to get the ball rolling. Our top doctor here in Canada, Teresa Tam, says that over 75% of the population of Canada would have to be vaccinated for a safe reopening. Now take away people, you know, 15 and under. So 16 and over would be 32 million people. I think we've only vaccinated something like 10 million people so far. So we got another 22 million to go. That'd be 75%. And right now, this week and next week, in the second week of May, we don't have 22 million doses coming into Canada. And she's talking by July that we could start to safely open. And that all would be one month into summertime. I think we're a little behind the eight ball. But we still have to make sure that, you know, people are getting that one shot, that one first initial shot, because Canada is the only country in the entire world that after you receive your first shot, you wait four months for your second. We're the only country in the entire world doing this. to get as many needles in the arms as we possibly can. To slow this virus. That's what they're doing. That's their plan. But we keep having hiccups and we're gonna have more hiccups. Vaccines that came out of, comes out of the region of India and everywhere they're having these problems, you know, those vaccines, you know, need to stay there. And you have 365,000 cases in a single day, you know, those vaccines, they need those vaccines. They need medical help. United States, the United States of America says they're going to step up and help. Canada's going to step up and help. And other countries are going to step up and help. And while we're still trying to help ourselves. 
It's amazing how fast this can get out of hand. Where Pakistan and India at one point in time thought they had it under control. And now look at the, the, the uh, disaster that they're in now. Even shortage of oxygen. It's not an oxygen that you can just take from the air that they put into your body. This is, this is different. This is pure. This is what you need. And they're running low on that. It's even hard to watch, ladies and gentlemen. It really is really hard to watch. And when we come, when we, when we complain about these measures that are, that are imposed upon us, take a look around you. Take a look at other countries who are far worse off than you. And we can, and we complain. When you know damn well that these restrictions can be imposed upon you. When there is an imminent threat to your health, to your life, such as a virus. These rules can be these restrictions can be imposed upon you and we complain about it. And then you take a look around the other, or the other side of the world and they are far worse off than you. The United States is still far worse off than most countries around the world with this pandemic. Yeah, you've been vaccinated a whole lot of people, but you're far worse off than Canada and a lot of other countries. Canada is not even nearly as bad as the United States. And yet we, we, we complain. here in democracy, in, in our freedom. Here we are complaining about it. You may or may not know of people who have died from this virus, but either way, it's happening. And it's as young as this 13 year old girl here in Ontario, Canada. You think about that. And you think about your, your freedom and liberties. 
think about it. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for joining me this Monday evening. Take care. Be safe. And I will be back out, I don't know, probably Friday night. In that, as I go back to work tomorrow, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And um, as I look at the news or watch the news and find something that I think is really important to not only to me, but to you, um, I will have those stories, those stories up. And I think there was one uh, particular one down here that I had. We'll talk about, you know, uh, basically what other provinces are doing and what they're mandating and what their um, uh, new restrictions that they're putting in place. Um, especially next door to um, Ontario here, Manitoba. Um, they're implementing some changes to their rules because God forbid, you know, they don't want it to get out of hand like it has here in Ontario and they don't want to see it to get out of hand like it has in Pakistan and India. And we don't want to see that here neither. And we don't want to see that in North America. So we'll talk about some of those changes Friday night at, uh, at 9 p.m. So take care, like I said, ladies and gentlemen. Um, be safe, be good. Give your loved ones uh, a hug. And uh, yeah, we'll be out here again talking. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm your host, Doug, from London, Ontario, Canada. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Be safe. Take care. Have a good week.